Welcome to the Akashic Reading Podcast, presented by AkashicReading.com, the place where you can learn to access your soul's wisdom, or at least stop digging the hole any deeper. I'm your host, Terry Uktena, and today we'll look at what people mean by healing, how the Akashics provides healing, and how you can incorporate any and all of it into your life. In the realm of healing, Western culture very carefully separates out all the various types of healing like food on a cafeteria tray. There's mental health, spiritual healing, physical health, and emotional well-being. We're taught to keep these things as separate as possible while acknowledging the unfortunate way in which they influence each other. We're taught ways to minimize their interconnectedness and, along the way, taught a hierarchy among them which influences how we interact with them how we perceive ourselves when we need healing in one area or another, and what modalities of treatment we should use. We're cut up into bits, some of which are deemed better than others and sent to the various specialists who can help us fix what's broken. The body is seen as a machine which breaks down and has a minimal warranty, but only for the first 12 to 15 years. After this, you're out of pocket and all that can be done is repair and replacement, so keep up on your regular maintenance. Emotions are considered dangerous and difficult other than the select few which have been awarded the designation positive in various contexts and so are to be controlled at all times. Therefore, to be emotional other than at specific times in specific ways is considered a health issue and requires healing, preferably through pharmaceutical intervention. Various therapies and a range of strengths and invasiveness can be helpful for more long-term and or resistant emotional issues. Spiritual problems are relegated to concerns of ethics or morals if they're acknowledged at all. They're relegated to categories on the fringes of society, such as crackpots or mystics. Since the soul and spirituality are seen as the complete opposite of science and separated into a completely different category, any supposed health issues connected with them must obviously be in this realm as well. In a secular society based on scientific principles and economics, the soul is neither detectable nor merchandisable and therefore non-existent. Phantasms cannot need healing. As the mind is considered the preeminent feature of human existence, mental health is the most important and yet the most frightening and stigmatized of all the healing arenas. If I think therefore I am, then problems with thought are, well, problematical. Having difficulties with thinking, with perception, with core identity are troublesome in the extreme if how we think is who we are. If thought cannot be proven to be steadfast and unchanging, all evidence and experience to the contrary, then we cannot actually be or prove we are. Therefore, those who show any form of mental illness must be labeled as other and be stigmatized and segregated at all cost. While things are improving culturally around this and at a rate which gladdens the heart and gives hope, this is still the world we live in. Because we were born in and continue to live in this, our underlying vocabulary and understanding of healing continues to be the cafeteria tray model. Those who are working to move towards holistic healing are working to remove the separations between the sections, which is fantastic, However, we all need to recognize we can't erase the world we live in and its influences. Start where you are and realize this is the foundation you're working from. 
The more you are aware of the separations you've grown up with, the more you'll be capable of removing them to facilitate deep and lasting healing when you need it. I bring this up not to depress you or to create a call to action, but as a necessary bit of clarity so I can talk about how to work with the Akashics for healing. There are already healers who work with the Akashics specifically for healing purposes. Energy healers are pulling Akashic energy in a variety of forms through their bodies, modifying it in order to have the necessary effect and then pouring it into their patients. Others are connecting with the Akashics in order to receive information and wisdom, which will help them better heal their patients. They're opening up their intuition, asking their angels, guides, healers, and other beings who exist in the Akashics for insight and guidance. Then with the information, insights, and inspirations they gain, they're better able to help the patient and make progress in resolving the issues. Others, through hypnosis and past life regression, help the patient go into the Akashics themselves to gain insight and unlock what is stuck within them so they can move forward. Still others perform soul retrieval to aid patients who have pieces of themselves stuck in timeless stasis, waiting for the it's all right to return signal, which has never reached them, thereby allowing those pieces to return and reintegrate with the whole. All of these methods and modalities of working with the Akashics are amazing, supportive, healing, and necessary for people to live embodied lives to the best of their ability. Yet most are practiced independent of each other and suffer from having been sifted and sorted through our culture of separation so they fit into the various sections of the cafeteria tray. Energy work focuses on the body while acknowledging it affects the emotions and the soul. Most people don't go to an energy healer for emotional issues other than to regain a feeling of happiness or well-being which falls into the category of good emotion. Hypnosis and past life regression works with the mind, which hopefully adjusts the emotions and possibly the body as odd and not quite understandable side effects. Soul retrieval is usually seen as an emotional healing tool, as the general understanding of even what the soul is, let alone how it interacts with everything else, is minimal. It helps people work through emotions, specifically trauma, and to heal so they can feel and feel appropriately. As time goes on, and we move more fully into the paradigm shift, healers are being called to become increasingly holistic in their skill set and their practice, even though advertising still needs to be focused on what part of the cafeteria they're working in, as it were. As they expand and people experience how the particular issues they're targeting are interconnected with other aspects of their lives and being, we start to remove the separations on the cafeteria tray and move towards an understanding of ourselves as whole. However, all of the modalities I've mentioned which utilize the Akashics for healing have one thing in common. They're all moving Akashic energy in one direction, from there to here. All of them in one way or another, like scooping ice cream, remove an amount of Akasha in one form or another, taking it from the larger container and moving it to a smaller one. This process seeks to change Akasha into a healing medium so the person can transform from a damaged version of the self to a healthy or refurbished version of the self. Healing is rarely seen as a means of making an improved version. It's not perceived as a way to unfold, but instead to repair. There is, however, another aspect of healing which the Akashics provides. Think of it as our being ice cream, which, rather than being scooped out to be served and transformed through digestion, instead can return to the tub. Going into the Akashics, rather than bringing bits of it into embodied life, activates healing in its complementary aspect, 
of being a means for change and growth rather than a bandage and remedy. My students experienced this with their very first journey to the Akashics. While many, if not most, think of this process as a mental exercise, a meditation, the experience doesn't respect this artificial segregation and works on all levels at once. Hence, students sometimes have emotional releases during their first lesson, come away with a sense of well-being which lasts for hours afterwards, or even fall asleep repeatedly throughout the exercise. While most people go to the Akashics for mental purposes, to read their Akashic record, learn a technique, or research ancient knowledge, the Akashics works on them holistically. My clients experience this as well during a reading as I directly connect both them and myself to the Akashics during a reading. We come from the Akashics, are of the Akashics, and will return to them at the end of this embodied life, so reconnecting with them directly and consciously in this fashion is like slipping into a warm bath after a long and stressful day. It helps us rebalance ourselves and come into harmony. In this way, the Akashics reminds us healing is not about changing the circumstances we're in, but allowing us to change for the better. Beyond the passive effects of being in the Akashics, we have the ability to work in the Akashics with the specific intention of healing. The key is to recognize the Akashics doesn't suffer from the cafeteria tray issue of separating out issues by category or seeing disparate aspects of the self to be healed. Being holistic, it reacts to us as a whole person, and so seeks to heal us holistically. This can be disconcerting and even frustrating when we're coming from a cafeteria tray perspective. Often, we have an issue which we need to have healed, and we go looking for a remedy in the Akashics only to be told or shown something which seems like a complete non-sequitur. We ask for help in healing an injured knee and get shown a picture of a purple octopus. Not just once, but repeatedly. To which we respond, huh? Think we're doing something wrong and look elsewhere for help instead of asking more pointed questions. Looking for how this is meant to help or even calling in other beings to help us understand what we're meant to do or what next steps to take. As the Akashics and those living in it have a greater understanding of cause and effect, are always looking for the best remedy and see the entire person, the response to an issue needing healing is rarely take two aspirin and call me in the morning. Keeping this in mind can help things make more sense. Here are some ways which you can access the Akashics for healing. One is your Akashic room. Utilizing the introductory journey in my Akashic courses, you can use your Akashic room as a healing center. Instead of intending to move through this room to the Temple of Life, the Akashic Library, or the Field of Mentors, set the intention prior to entering that you will be working on healing. You can select either a specific issue to be worked on or simply open yourself up to general healing. Again, healing is holistic in the Akashic, so you can select any aspect, not just a physical problem. When entering the room, you'll see the room has changed from its usual arrangement. Note the changes. There will be an object or a group of objects which represent the issue you're working with. Go to them and interact with them. If there's something you can pick up, then do so and focus on them. The wisdom will unfold experientially. If they're to be interacted with in other ways, do so. Remember, the healing might be more involved than just a direct do this to feel better remedy. It's common to do this type of work more than once, as healing is a process and not a yes or no question on a test. 
The more often you do this journey, the deeper the wisdom can go, the more unfolding and change you'll accomplish, and the more all-encompassing the healing. Two is healers. We can work with healers consciously in the Akashics and request their help at any time. We can request help with physical ailments, emotional hurts, personal or professional issues, spiritual difficulties, and so on. Healers who work with embodied souls are wise in the ways of embodied life and skilled at working not only on their side of the veil, but on ours as well. The key is in how you approach the relationship. While they have expertise, knowledge, and access, which you don't, they're not an authority over you any more than your chiropractor, acupuncturist, or Reiki master. Offering them carte blanche to do whatever they think best, to do what is for your best and highest good, or just do something to fix whatever problem is most pressing, will not get the response you're looking for. Most often, they either don't respond or become like the frustrating fortune cookie as they seek to try and help while at the same time being limited by your lack of interaction. Healing is an interdependent process. I liken it to getting a massage. If you disassociate from your body, taking your mind away and elsewhere instead of melting fully into the process and becoming a noodle, the body tends to think of the physical manipulation as an attack and lock up, making it difficult and even injurious for the masseuse to do their work. Working with a healer in the Akashics requires your active participation. The first thing to do is to get to know them. Healers are beings, just as we are, with unique personalities, gifts, experiences, and aptitudes. Spending a little time talking with them, getting to feel, know, experience them, can improve the healing process exponentially. Once you've begun the conversation with them, you can point to what you're interested in working on or need help with. They'll already know, but cannot assume. You have to first broach the subject. Once you've done this, they have permission to start delving in. They may suggest means of working directly on the issue you've indicated, or recommend you work on something else first. Sometimes, what's most on our radar at the moment is a symptom of something deeper, or connected with something we're not aware of, and it can be more effective to target this other thing first. What we're struggling with might be better resolved if we work more holistically, rather than one issue at a time. This can seem counterintuitive to us, as we're not aware our weak ankles or sticky jaw is actually connected to something emotional or spiritual, nor how working on them can resolve things. This is in part because bodies are not our primary means of existence, and so can be awkward to incorporate into our deep knowing but also in part because we're taught our bodies are simply meat suits we're wearing instead of an integral piece of our embodied existence. Healers are expert at helping us sort these things out, seeing the interconnections and how things have become misaligned or a hindrance. They can provide us with healing, insights, wisdom, and support on all levels to help us get back on track. One of the easiest ways to work with a healer in the Akashics is simply to invite them to your room. Using the Lesson 1 meditation from my Akashic Record Level 1 class, you can modify the request from meeting your animal guide to meeting a healer. You can send the invitation before you enter your room, following the order of the meditation, or proffer the invitation once you've arrived. The healer cannot enter your room without your express permission, as provided through the invitation. You can also choose to go to a place in the Akashics which is most healing, supportive, pleasant, or joyful for you, and invite them to join you there. This can be the beach, 
a mountaintop, a luxury spa, or whatever works best for you. The more relaxed and peaceful you are, the easier the communication will be between you. You also might consider going directly to a healing center in the Akashic City. These are beyond the Akashic Library in the city proper, and there are various places to choose from. There you can request a healer to consult with you, and they may suggest you work together in a treatment room there, or in a place more conducive to the type of work best suited to the situation. Wherever you end up, working with a healer is wonderful, sometimes transformative, and at the same time draining. It's work, even if you're just receiving energy. Like having a massage or doing a strenuous workout, your body will be processing things and will need to clean out what is no longer necessary through elimination, so it's important to not only follow any advice the healer gives for homework after the session, but also to drink lots of water. Also, while there are instances where it only takes one session to heal someone of whatever the issue is, this is extremely rare. Healing is usually a journey in and of itself. The third way to access Akashic healing is through an Akashic reading or healing journey. Most people who have Akashic readings are looking for information. They're looking for answers to questions so they can know what to do next. However, an Akashic reading can be a healing tool as well. It's not uncommon for me to read a person's body and see an ailment, chronic issue, or repeated injuries which have a message to tell. Once the message is received, the client can then choose to change behaviors, correct issues, move forward to heal themselves by changing their lives. However, an Akashic reading can be much more specific concerning such issues, or even have healing as the purpose of the reading. A reading is not a bandage or a remedy, but can be used to begin a healing process, deepen a process already underway, or uncover new avenues for healing which are holistic and so will be long-lasting. In the end, healing is about change. Whether we're using the cafeteria model of targeting one particular issue or a holistic model of overall wellness, we're meant not just to triage a problem, but learn why the issue arose, what we're meant to learn from it, and to become more fully ourselves through the process. Healing is a heartfelt, willful act of transformation. Here's to the unfolding. And that's all the time we have this week. If you're interested in knowing more, check out my website, akashicreading.com. And thank you to my patron of honor this week, Lourdes. If you're enjoying this podcast, please consider supporting it by subscribing on Patreon. You can see all my other offerings and get regular updates about what I'm working on at patreon.com slash Thanks. Bye.